0: Thank you, Jacob. Hey, can we just thank our Heavenly Father right now for just that time of worship. And uh, man, never gets old, giving glory to our God. My name is Nate, one of the pastors here. I want to welcome you and so thrilled that you're here. And God is worthy of our praise. He is the heavenly father that we need. And uh, that is why on Father's Day weekend, it's a special weekend to celebrate dads. And the scripture is very clear uh, to honor your mother and your father. And so we wanna be a church that honors dads here. You have a specific role that God has called you to play in the family. And uh, can we just have the dads stand up for a moment? I don't mean to embarrass anything, but dads, can you just stand up? Can we just honor these men real quick and just say, thank you. Appreciate your heart, man. I love seeing all the men here in the church and Personally, I just want to say thank you. You know, the the balance between being a dad is you're responsible and you have no idea what you're doing at the same time, right? And then it's like, and then you don't want your kids to know that you're trying to figure this out. And this is why we need our Heavenly Fathers because God calls us into seasons and he calls us into roles. And, And what we fail to remember is this, everything that God calls us into, we are unqualified for. You know, even to become followers of Jesus, we are not qualified to become followers of Jesus, but through the power of the Spirit, God does a work in us to help us to become followers. And dads, let me just take a little pressure off you today. It is not up to your ability to be a great dad. Here's what it is. You ready? It's about your willingness to allow our Heavenly Father do a great work in you. And so today, dads, I just want to let you know, we're not here to beat you up. We're here to build you up. And not only are we here to build you up in Christ, we're also to build you up here in calories today. And after service, if you didn't hear at the beginning of service, we have a chili dog bar out in the lobby. We got free chips and water for everybody. And so dads, we just want to be people who build you up, who walk with you. Because I know myself as well, I got three kiddos and man, I want to do the best I can. But here's what I know. I don't know everything and this is the invitation and we're doing this whole series called relationship where you and I would shift our relationship and allow our heavenly father to define it, allow our heavenly father to lead us and we've been looking in the book of Genesis how God designs and has relationship with us, his creation and when we understand his relationship with us, we understand how to relate with one another. I know today, as we celebrate dads, sometimes this isn't the easiest thing for people to go through on Father's Day. I know for some of you here today, if you were to just have coffee with me in your honest moment, you would tell me that you didn't grow up with a great example in your home. And I just want to let you know today, if that's where you are, if that's where you are, God wants you to be honest with where you are, because He meets you right there. And not only that, I talked with a couple of people after service. Uh, Some of them, uh, one in particular after service on July 1st, it will mark 10 years that they've not had their dad. And I know for some of you here today, Father's Day is a day of grieving. And I just want to let you know that your heavenly father is here and he grieves with you and he walks with you and he continues to help you move forward. And see, this is the beauty of God. As we talk about this relationship in the book of Genesis is because here's what a good dad does. A good dad helps us to see a new reality. That's what, that's what dads do. This is the role that we have as we raise our kids, you know, because every kid, myself included, when we were teenagers, we knew it all, didn't we? Right? It's just your parents that didn't know everything, but we knew everything. And what's so funny is this. Oftentimes in life, especially in our spiritual journey, we begin to believe that we know everything that God wants us to do, but we need a heavenly father that helps us to see a new reality. Because this is what you're going to find out and this is what we're going to find out today in the scripture is this, you and I have two realities to choose from. We have the reality of the ways of this world or we have a reality of God that helps us to walk in a new reality, that helps us to see the ways of God. And I know I've told this story before, but this is one of my favorite Father's Day stories where my dad helped me to see a new reality. And if you've heard this story, just bear with me. But it was one of those moments that I'll never forget. I was 15 years old and in Las Vegas, when you were 15, you could get your driver's permit. And then when you're 16, you get your license. And I remember I was 15 and a half, and the rule was you always have to have an adult in the car with you driving if you if you don't have your license. And uh, I remember it was about 9:30 at night. We pulled into a gas station. I'm 15, so I love driving, uh, but I love that my dad would pay for the gas, right? And uh, you know, so he got out and he started pumping the gas, and he went in to pay. And I'll never forget when, when I saw him coming out of the gas station. There was three girls walking in, and I thought this is my chance to impress these girls. And what I'm gonna do is I know it's only about 20 or 30 feet, but I'm gonna drive like I have my license so I can get their attention. You know, I'm in a Nissan stanza, so they weren't gonna pay attention to me anyway, right? But in my mind, I'm like, I'm gonna pull up. They're gonna think I got my license. Dad's gonna come out, he's gonna get in the car, man, and drive out, it's gonna be super cool. Well, as dad walked out, this is all I remember is this, just him walking out and he looks up and he sees what I'm doing. He just starts going, no, no. And he's just waving me down. And he's and I'm like, dad, it's a permit, no big deal, right? It's 20 feet, it's fine. And right when I'm just seeing him doing this, I hear the loudest boom. And I'm like, my car blew up. I'm like, I don't, I'm like, what what happened here? Dad didn't go in to pay for gas. Dad went in to tell the gas attendant that the pump was broken. But when he did, he left the gas handle in the car. And when I pulled away, I ripped the hose right off the gas pump, man. Gas started spraying out of all the gas pump there. I got the girls' attention. And they're looking at me there. And literally, it's 9.30 at night, and I promise you, this is exactly what my dad. My dad was walking to me after waving me down, and the girls are looking at me like, what an idiot. And I just remember just doing this, 9.30 at night, I just lowered the sun visor so they couldn't see my face, man. (laughs) It was just this moment of just sheer embarrassment. And the whole time is this, my dad could see what I could not see. And see, it's the same, with the, same way with us the spiritually. There's so many times in my life, not just physically like that, but spiritually, that I believed I could see everything going on in my life, and I knew exactly what was going on. And the whole time, our Heavenly Father is just waving me down going, Nate, you think you have, a no, you think you have an idea. You have no idea what you're doing. And today, I hope you get a picture here as we look in Genesis chapter 4 of a heavenly father that sees you and I, even with sin that's come into the world from Adam and Eve. And this is what we're going to find with Cain and Abel is this, even when you and I have sin in our life, our heavenly father is waving us down. And he's going, I want to show you what you can't see. Because here's what we're going to find in our entire journey with Christ is this, every single one of us are going to have blind spots. And we need the spirit to speak into our life. And we need God to speak in our life. And then here's why this is important. It's not just that we need to hear from God. This is why church matters is we need godly people to speak into us as well. Matter of fact, uh, this is what it's called. I, I want to remind you, men, the, the greatest calling in your life isn't just to be a dad. The greatest calling in your life is to be a follower of Jesus. Jesus. And actually, that's how you become a great dad, is you become a follower of Jesus. And for the men here today, I just want to let you know, if you're not a father, no, that's not the goal. The goal is for you to be a follower of Jesus. And what happens is this, God works through the church, and he creates spiritual fathers, I love in July, every July I take a little bit of time off to be my family and then I get with our staff and we pray and we plan and we get time away with our Heavenly Father to go, what are you doing and where are you calling us next in the season? And what's so neat is this, in July there's a bunch of my spiritual fathers that are going to come and preach in the month of July for me. I can't wait. And not only that, they, they said, I asked them, I made a special request, I said, hey, not only will you preach for us, but would you just pour into us more, you know, sometimes People only get 30 minutes up here. And these guys are some of the brightest people I know. And all of them said absolutely. And so on the Saturday that they're going to preach, we're doing this thing called summer seminars. i got a picture of it here. And these guys are incredible pastors and speakers. Uh, Mark Moore, we got some of his books out in the resource center, as well as Larry Osborne, Ephraim Smith. I talked to Ephraim this week. I love me some Ephraim Smith, man. Like I don't get off a phone call with him without being fired up. I'm like, yes, and here's why. He's always given me a new view of the kingdom. He's always given me a new view of God. And then we got this no name guy, Dave Stone, that's going to be here. I think he, I think uh, God might do something with him. No, but uh, Dave has been a good friend of mine. He's been a long time pastor over at Southeast in Louisville. And these guys have been spiritual fathers to me. And it's not because my dad isn't good enough. I love my dad. He's my best friend. He was my best man in my wedding. But here's the thing. This is how the church works. It's not just about having the dad or you a good enough dad. The blessing of being a part of the church is we get spiritual fathers to speak into our lives. Because every single one of us, we have blind spots and we need people full of the spirit that are willing to speak into us, willing sometimes to tell us the truth that we don't want to hear. To say, God, I might not want to hear it, but God, would you give me men and women around me to tell me the truth that I need to hear? Never underestimate the role that God wants you to play in his church because when you have his spirit, you have his presence and what the world needs is the presence of God today. And this is why we're walking through the book of Genesis, is because we want to see what the presence of God looks like. This is why we're doing this series called Relation Shift, because when God begins to shift our relationship with him, it changes our relationship with one another. And I didn't know this till recently when I was doing a study, uh, but the word family and the word familiar comes from the same root word. This is why oftentimes when God wants to change something in your life and in my life, we don't want to do it because what happens is this. We don't want to change what's familiar. And it feels scary. And it's different because sometimes we like the familiar more than we like what our heavenly father says. But he says this, whenever I speak into your life, it's always for your good. When godly men and women speak into our life, it's always for our good. And this is why what you find in Genesis chapter 4 is this. You find God going after Cain and Abel because as sin has entered the world, God could have said, hey, y'all are on your own. You didn't want me? Fine. I'm taking my ball and I'm going home, right? I'm out of here. But here's what you find. God continues to pursue Cain and Abel. The only thing is this. Will they be willing to be open with their blind spots? That's actually how Genesis chapter 4, verse 1 opens up. If you've got your Bible, I want to invite you to open there or your Bible app. It's just literally on page 3, right? It's like right in there, right on your Bible. Uh, or it will be up on the screen. But listen how Genesis chapter 4 starts. Is you have God giving this new reality because they've exchanged the reality of God for a lie. And it says this in verse 1. It says, Adam lay with his wife Eve, and she became pregnant and gave birth to Cain. Now here's what's interesting about the word Cain. If you read the footnote there it means this the acquired one for you star wars fans the chosen one right cain is the chosen one some of you you grew up in a family like that you're like yeah my older brother was the chosen one right they they always loved him cain literally means the acquired one the chosen one and then it says this later she gave birth to his brother abel abel means this vanity meaningless Boy, what a great family name. Oh, yeah, this is our other son, Abel, right? And now here's why this is happening. Because when sin came in the world, God gave Eve and Adam a promise that I will bring the one into the world who will crush Satan's head. And what they began to believe is this. Okay, our first son is going to be the one that's going to come, and he's going to crush Satan's head. And Adam and Eve's blind spot was this. They thought they knew God's plan. And, okay, they gave us Cain. Cain's going to crush Satan. Turns out God has a little bit of a different timeline than us, don't we? It wasn't Cain, but it was his son, Jesus. But this is what they begin to think. And Adam and Eve begin to have blind spots. And then Cain begins to have blind spots. It says, now Abel kept flocks and Cain worked the soil. They're hardworking sons. And in the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. It's not commanded, but that's what he does. Just gives back generosity and gratitude. But in verse 4, it says, but Abel brought fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. Cain just kind of gives some, some leftover, a little leftover pizza. Here you go, God. All right. But Cain brings the fat portions to God. And it said, the Lord looked with favor on Abel in his offering, but on Cain in his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry and his face was downcast. Now, why is Cain angry and downcast? You got blind spots. He's thinking, why would God like him more than me? I'm the chosen one. Turns out we're more deeply flawed than we ever realize. Then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you don't do what is right, Sin is crouching at your door and it desires to have you, but you must master it. Do you hear God's heart in this passage? Cain, I'm waving you down, man. Your heart is angry, and and I'm telling you, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must master it. What he's telling Cain is this, you have a reality that you feel in your heart, this anger, and that is a way that you can go, or Cain, I have a different way for you to go. I've got a new reality. See, this is what our heavenly father does, is he meets us in our moments of anger. He meets us in our moments when thing isn't always going well. And some of us are going, how do we experience this new reality? And this is what God has for Cain in this moment. If you're taking notes, you want to write this down. Is that we see God's new reality by taking responsibility. That's how you begin to see God's new reality. Some of you are like, taking responsibility. Didn't Cain and Abel have a job? Yes. They had a job. And they worked hard. And they raised crops. And they raised animals. Here's the responsibility that God wanted Cain to take responsibility of and you ready and it's often what we neglect the most he wanted Cain to take responsibility for his heart for his heart see a lot of us myself included it's easier to work hard than it is to do the hard work of spiritual work that God wants to do in our life and God goes the work that I want to do in your life is the inner work because what happens inside of you will come out of you That's why God shows up to Cain and he asks a question. He says, Cain, why are you so angry? You ever realize that's what frustrated you about a good teacher is they know the answer, but they won't tell you right? Jim Shannon, I'm looking at you. You're a teacher, my man, right? You know what I'm saying? And it's like, you teachers are so smart and you have all the answers, right? You're like, just give me the answer. You know the answer. Don't keep the answer from me. And God knows this, if I just give you the answer, the change that I won't, won't come about. Because Jim, what does a good student do? He has to do the work. See, a good parent and a good teacher does this. I know the answer, but if I just give you the answer, The good work that I want to do in your heart and your life won't take place. That's why God shows up and he says this, Cain, why are you so angry? Cain, why are you downcast? You have a heavenly father that sees exactly what's going on in your heart. And this is all he wants you to do is to be honest with him about what is going on in your heart. This is where the change, the Christian word for this is this. This is where the transformation takes place. James, Jesus' brother says it this way in James chapter 4, verse 1. He says, what causes fights and quarrels among you? What causes you to attack everybody? You ever seen any social media? It's like, whoa, my goodness, right? It's like, man, what causes all of this? What causes all these fights and quarreling among you? He says this, don't they come from your desires that battle within you? See, we keep trying to change our exterior And in this moment, God is going, Cain, I want to change the interior of your life. The Apostle Paul knows this, and he says this in Ephesians chapter 4. Listen to what he says, because sometimes we get angry, and we feel bad when we get angry, except God is going, I want into the anger in your life. God's not ashamed of what's going on in our heart. God wants involved in what's going on in our heart. The Apostle Paul, Ephesians chapter 4, says this, He says, in your anger, do not sin. Do you know it's not a sin to get angry? Matter of fact, the more you study scripture, you find that God gets angry at sin. But he says this, in your anger, do not sin. And do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. See, this is why God wants to deal with what's going on in his heart, because he knows this. God's going, I'm a loving father, and I want you to see a new reality. And right now, Cain, all you see is anger, all you see is bitterness, all you see is rage at your brother. And I want you to see a new reality. See, this is who our heavenly father is. He's come to give us a different way to live. And and this is something that, that, that God teaches me. Every time I teach on something, he never lets me teach it without experiencing it first. And I'm like, can't I just tell people what to do without having to do it? Like, wouldn't that be nice? And this week, literally on Friday, I took my boys out for a blueberry muffin. It was my day off. And so we went and got a blueberry muffin on Friday morning. And then I got a buddy, Jay, who owns a tractor company. And they love to go play at Jay's because they get to climb all over the tractors and then we leave and it's free. And I'm, for, I'm all for that, right? You know what I'm saying? He ought to have like a collection box on the way out, you know, put like a $5 bill in there. And they go, let's go to Jay's and play. And they're like, let's bring them a cup of coffee. I'm like, Jay? Jay would love that. So we got him a cup of coffee and we're going for this Friday morning to go give Jay, you know, a cup of coffee and playing all the tractors. And as we got up there, I said, all right, Carter, go take Jay his cup of coffee. He's six years old. And right when he got to the door, the front of the store, he goes to get in, he's holding this cup of coffee and he goes to open the door. And while he does it, the door bumps the coffee, he drops it and it just splatters everywhere all over the front of the doors, all over the entrance of the place. And I, and I just, I'm like, Carter, what are you thinking? Dude, you just made a mess. man! And I'm, I'm just like, ah, oh, I'm yelling from the van. And he just turned around and he kind of looked at me like, am I the six-year-old or are you the six-year-old right now? <laughs> and like the guys came to the front of the store and they're all laughing, man. They're like, oh, man, da, da, da. And I'm just, inside, I'm just getting angry, man. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Oh, this and here's what was really going on. It's not about the coffee, is it? Here's what's really going on. I'm embarrassed. Look like a fool. Because what adult gives a six-year-old a hot cup of coffee to cake into somebody's store, right? But in my mind, this is Carter's fault. Carter, you've ruined the day. You've embarrassed me. Da-da-da-da-da. All this stuff's going on. And God's just kind of like, sin is crouching at your door, Nate. And it desires to have you. You must master it. See, it's not wrong when you and I get anger, angry, but what do you and I do with our anger? Where do we take it? What do we do with it? See, this is why God shows up to Cain and he begins to pour into him. It's this. Because he's telling Cain, hey, I'm telling you, sin is crouching at your door. Dads, today, sin is crouching at your door. Women, today, sin is crouching at your door and it desires to have you. But he says this, but you must master it, which means this. Some of you are going, Nate, I can't master it. I don't know, I don't know. To master sin means this, to live a life under a different master. That's how you and I master sin. It's not that you and I will ever have it all together and we'll master all the sin. It's that you and I will follow a different master. It's that you and I will follow a different way. It's that you and I will follow a different reality. And God gives Cain this moment. And then listen to what he does with that. In verse eight, now Cain said to his brother Abel, let's go out to the field. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, where's your brother Abel? See, God in our sin doesn't abandon us, but he keeps calling us to a different way. Cain, where's your brother Abel? I don't know, he replied. Am I my brother's keeper? Cain, there's only two of you. Yes, yeah, my man, you are your brother's keeper. They're like, that, that, that's the way this thing works. Then the Lord said, what have you done? Listen, Cain, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Now you are under a curse and driven from the ground, which opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. And when you work the ground, it will no longer yield crops from you. You will be a restless wanderer on the earth. See, this is what sin does. I heard one pastor said this. It kind of caught me off guard. I thought he was preaching heresy. He goes... Sin is fun. And if you're not doing it right, he goes, then you're not really sinning like sin should. I'm like, whoa, 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 time out, right? I'm like, He goes, no. He goes, I'm not encouraging you to sin. He goes, this is what happens. He said, sin is fun until it's not. Getting angry can make you feel better until you start lashing out and you begin to kill the relationships around you. See, this is what Satan wants us to do he wants us not to ch- take the way of the realities of God. He wants us to take our own way. And here's what sin does it takes us farther than we want to go, and it keeps us longer than we want to stay. Cain in that moment didn't go, you know what I want to do? I just want to be a restless wonder for the rest of my life. But see, sin will never tell you where it's going to take you, it just takes you. And Cain in this moment is a restless wonder for. He begins to go, What have I done? How, how does this begin to play out? See, this is the heart of our God. God continues to come after Cain. I love what St. Augustine says this quote. He says, Because God has made us for himself, he said, Our hearts are restless until we find rest in him. Your heart and my heart is restless until I begin to rest in God's way, until I begin to rest in the one who's come to save me in Jesus, until I begin to find the way I make my decisions are through God and his spirit. On Thursday mornings, I've been meeting with a group of guys, and at first, uh, to be honest, I don't think they were real excited. Uh, we're reading this book called "Emotionally Healthy Discipleship." You can pick one up in the uh, in the resource center. And anytime you tell guys, "Hey, guys, let's get emotionally healthy," they're like, "Yeah, right, Pastor. We're praying for you, right? You know." And like, you go get emotionally healthy and give us the Cliff Notes. But what's been incredible is this: is I've met Thursday morning with some guys. What's happening is this: it's not just about our feelings; it's about really allowing a different master in our heart. And Pete Scazzaro in his book, he says this on page 56. It stopped me in my tracks as I'm thinking about this passage. But Pete in his book, he says this. He says, sooner or later, every true spiritual journey brings us face to face with the hardest realities in our lives. The monsters within, our shadows and strongholds, our willfulness, our inner demons. It is essential that we allow God access to those dynamics that are sometimes beyond our awareness. Or else we will inevitably project them outward onto other people. It's not wrong for you to have emotions, but your emotions are information. They're telling you something. And the thing about God is this. He doesn't give up on Cain and he doesn't give up on you and I. He keeps coming after us even when our hearts have not gone after him. But what he's saying in this moment to Cain is this, Cain, I want you to listen. I want you to begin. Even though you've chosen this and see this is why it matters what reality we live in. This is why it matters what truth we follow. This matters the way that we live our life because it's not just about you and God because Cain's decision didn't just stay between him and God. Who did it affect? His brother Abel. See, this is what happens in our relationships. God begins to change us so our relationships with one another can be changed. And he tells, he just simply tells Cain this. He says, Cain, listen. See, the sin of Adam and Eve and the sin of Cain in this moment is this. They would not listen to the word of God. Sin comes into our life when we don't listen to the word of God. This is why Jesus' brother James says it this way in James chapter 2. In James chapter 2, verse 19 through 20, he says, My dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Boy, I get those all changed around, don't you? Right? Man, I am. Quick to get angry, and I am quick to speak, and I'm slow to listen. What would you say, right? You know, it's like we just, we just go real fast and we say whatever we want. And James says the life of God is quick to listen. It's slow to speak. It's slow to become angry. He says, for man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent. And then this is what he says. You ready? And humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. You know what it looks like for you and I to have God's new reality in our life? It's not that you and I earn it. It's that you and I accept it. See, we see God's reality when we humbly listen to God. When we allow God's word to be planted in us. When God is sitting there going, whoa, 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 sin is crouching at your door. And all we do is we humbly allow his word to be planted in us. I know it's Father's Day, but I'll never forget the moment my mom spoke the deepest truth into my life. And thank God for godly moms, right? You know, it's one of these things that we need people. There was a moment I had just this massive blind spot. I was dating a girl. It was the only girl that I seriously dated before Ruthie. And she was a good Christian girl, and I'm a good Christian guy. And my thought is, if you're good Christians, it'll just work out. Turns out chemistry matters in a relationship, right? Like all these other things, there's dynamics in a relationship. And what would happen is we would date each other, then we'd break up. Then we'd date each other, then we'd break up. Then we'd date each other, and we'd break up. And, and it was like, okay, we just got to work this out. And I remember my mom just kind of waving her arms. And she just pulled me to the side, and she said, Nate, I just got to let you know. She said, it, it's not that marriage is just this easy road. But she just said this, just humbly, she just said this. She goes... But when it's the right person, it's just not this difficult. And I had a moment where I was like, well, I'm going to humbly accept my mom's words. And I think I'd said something like this You're right. right? Like I did not like, you know, like we all do, right? We don't want to acknowledge that mom or dad actually might be smarter than us or they, they actually might be more spiritual than us. But there was a freeing moment that happened in my heart, in my life. This is what James is saying. Man, God's new reality in your life comes when you and I humbly just accept God's word in our life. He has a new way, a new reality for you and I to live and Cain is afraid of what he's done. Some of you are afraid to go, yeah, but if I, if I really acknowledge what I've done, I don't know about God and what he's going to do. Cain says it in verse 13, he says, Cain said to the Lord, my punishment is more than I can bear. Today you're driving me from the land and I will be hidden from your presence. I will be a restless wonder on the earth and whoever finds me will kill me. Some of you feel that way to God. If you really tell God what's going on in your heart, if you tell God what you've done, you're like, oh, God's going to kill me. Can I just let you know he already knows? He already knows. He's just going, I just want you home. I already know what you've done. You're not going to shock me. I know. That's why I'm here. Cain, I'm going to be a restless wanderer. Whoever finds me, they're going to kill me. But the Lord said to him, not so. If anyone kills Cain, he will suffer vengeance seven times over. Do you hear the mercy of God in this? Cain doesn't deserve it, but God gives him mercy. It says, Then the Lord put a mark on Cain so that no one who found him would kill him. So Cain went out from the Lord's presence and lived in the land of Nod, east of Eden. You know how God treats Cain, and you know how you and I begin to experience this new reality? Accepting God's mercy. That's how God's reality comes into our life. He's just waving us down. He's going, I know you think you know where you're going, Cain. I know with the sin that you carry, you think everybody's going to kill you. And and, and if we're God, that's what we're saying, right? Cain, you sinned against me. Guess what? I'm going to have somebody come and kill you, right? That's how we think, right? That's how we act. Good thing we're not God, right? And God goes, no, Cain, I'm going to put a mark on you so that nobody will kill you. Does, Does Cain deserve that? Absolutely not. And does God give it? Absolutely Do you and I deserve the mercy of God? Absolutely not. And what does he give us? Mercy. Mercy. See, today, this is the option you and I have in our relationship to choose the way of Cain or the way of Christ. It's the way of Cain or the way of Christ. Matter of fact, in the last, right before Revelation, the last book, right before it, there's this small book. It's the book of Jude. If you want to feel good about yourself, go read the book of Jude, it's one page long. You'd be like, I read a book of the Bible today, right? You know, you feel real good about yourself. Literally, it's like one page, it's awesome. But here's why Jude wrote it. He wrote it to the church because here's what was happening. The church was starting to take the way of Cain, not the way of Christ. And he said, there's these people who have come into the church and they're claiming Christ, but they're not walking the ways of Christ. And listen what he says in in Jude chapter, verse 10 through 11, he says this, He says, yet these men speak abusively against whatever they don't understand. And what things they do understand by instinct, like unreasoning animals, these are the very things that destroy them. Woe to them, they have taken the way of who? Cain. You ever heard that phrase, raising Cain? It comes from Genesis chapter four. You know what raising Cain means? Raising hell. See, this is what Cain brought when he chose a different reality than the way of Jesus and the way of God. Here's what happens. We bring hell on earth. That's why God in this moment to Cain is this. My plan for you. That's what God's telling Cain. I didn't create you to experience hell. I created you to experience me. I created your relationships to reflect me. I created you not for the reality of sin that you're experiencing. I created you for my reality, for my purposes, for my ways. And today what we have is this opportunity to choose what we will be marked by. Will we be marked by the way of Cain or will we be marked by the way of Christ? See, when we're marked by Christ, it changes us. and It doesn't just change us, it changes everything around us. This is what I love. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 through 14, he says, and you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth and you accepted it, the gospel of your salvation, when you humbly accepted the goodness of God. He says, having believed, you were marked in him with the seal. The promised Holy Spirit who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. You know how you see a new reality today? You allow yourself to be marked by Jesus and his Holy Spirit. You just begin to go, God, here's my anger. Here's my frustration. Here's these things. Would you begin to reveal in me a different way? I don't want to go the way of Cain. I want to go the way of Christ. During our sermon prep time this week, we were just praying about this passage. And I said, man, it feels like we need to let people who need to get baptized or maybe get off the restless way of Cain. And the group just prayed and we go, yeah. And I wanna let you know today, if you've been a restless wonder, if your whole life has been the way of Cain, I wanna let you know there's a new reality for you to hear today. His name is Jesus. And he's just doing this to you today. I wanna give you a new reality. I wanna give you a new way. And I wanna invite you if you feel like you're a restless wanderer today and you didn't think you had a new way home, I wanna invite you after the service. We have our staff and volunteers over by the baptistry that would love to meet you. Had a powerful moment last night, had a good friend who came forward, and his daughter had just happened to be in town last night after the service. She just came up, lives in another state, she just came up and with tears in her eyes this is all she could say i'm tired of being restless and i'm ready to come home and both he and his daughter got baptized together it was awesome and then we ate chili dogs out in the lobby how could you not be pumped about this weekend right and somebody like nate i'd love to i don't have shirt i don't have shorts good news we got them backstage for you we got your baptism party ready in the lobby today we got all you need All you need to do is this, humbly accept the mercy of God. The God who sees your blind spots, the God who sees my blind spots. And unlike Cain who killed his brother, our older brother Jesus doesn't come to earth to kill us, he comes to earth to save us. See, Jesus is the older brother that we need. Jesus is the older brother who could have come and picked on us. But he provides for us. He gives us a new way to live. If you would, why don't you go ahead and just bow your heads with me. I just want to pray for us. Then we're going to eat. Dads, we're going to celebrate you. Food is free. But I know this, for some of you here today, you've never maybe been able to verbalize or say But the only way that you've grown up or the only way that you've known is the way of Cain. But after hearing it, that summarizes your life and your story. And you didn't even know that there was a different reality. You didn't even know that there was a different way to live. You didn't even know that there was a God who shows up in our worst moments and keeps speaking life into us. I just want to let you know today, your heavenly father loves you. He delights in you. And that's why he sent his son. We want to be a church family that comes around you. None of us were made for this journey alone. Matter of fact, we are at our worst by ourselves. And so father, I just want to pray right now. God, I want to thank you for the fathers in this room. I want to thank you for your design for the family, father, that you would be called, you would call us to be men of you. And father, I just pray God, for your peace to be on the dads in this room. But Father, not just for the dads, God, I pray for your peace to be on everybody's heart in this room and online. But Father, we all know there are things that are at our door. I want to devour us. And yet there you are, Jesus, coming to save us. And so, Father, we pray your blessing over those who have been restless wonders. And, Father, I pray that today may be a day for them to come home. Or, Father, I would pray for us who have come home, that, God, we would speak your truth to others and invite others into this amazing relationship with you. Father, today may we be your children. May we be your church. May we be your hands and your feet and your mouth to this world that would declare your goodness that calls us home. Father, we thank you for Jesus. We know no change is possible outside of him. And so we say thank you for him. And thank you for being our good father. And we pray all of this in your name, Jesus. And everybody said together, amen. Hey, if you need to come home today, I want to invite you to come over here. For the rest of us, let's head out to the lobby, eat together, celebrate Father's Day. God bless you all. Thanks for being here today.